podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Good afternoon and good evening and welcome to episode 385 of Film Bastards. My name is Ian Loring and as always I am joined by... Becky Foster, hi everybody. And Matt Foster, hello everybody. Hello, hello. Patrons, we're sorry that you didn't have a uh, uh, chatty bit at the start there. We'll be honest, we were getting some uh, not safe uh, podcast consumption uh chat done so think think of that what you will um that sounded way more salacious than it actually was it really did, yeah. <laughs> yeah um it, it was it was yeah it was it wasn't that at all anyway it just wasn't it, it just wasn't stuff for uh the public consumption again that sounds awful um yeah i don't know just you didn't get it and you didn't you wouldn't have what you wouldn't have wanted to listen to it anyway again that sounds awful <laughs> moving on uh, this week, <laughs> yeah this <laughs> uh this week we have got noted oscar bovera uh judas and the black messiah um we have uh a couple of reviews that we weren't really planning on but i i believe we've all seen willie's wonderland yep fuck yeah fuck yeah and uh, Mark and I have taken a trip with Barb and Star to Vista Del Mar. Yes, we have. So, uh, yeah, it's a varied one. It just, it really knocked me for six on uh, on Friday. I had a look on iTunes. It was like now available to rent. Willy's Wonderland and Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. And it was like, where the fuck are these come from? Brilliant. You know. Yeah, because the thing is, we've been talking about Willy's Wonderland for, for a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it, it, the, the release of it kind of snuck up on us a little bit. Mm. Um, and the Barb and Style Go Visit Del Mar, Go to Visit Del Mar, sorry. Um, that was, I literally saw the trail for that last week. And then you were like, oh, it's available now. Like, what? <laughs> Fucking hell. It, yeah. It seems to say, I know um, Chris Hewitt on the Empire podcast was saying that like it's come out of nowhere because like literally Cineworld had a trailer for film, like their coming out in 2020 trailer. Uh, and it was one of like the just the names of a film on the screen. So it, it's it was obviously it was meant for a theatrical release, but it does just seem to have popped out of nowhere. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll have that. We've got a, little, uh, a bit of trailer talk. Well, that's from what we watched. We've got some questions. Um, so, 
yeah, pretty pretty um, jam packed show. Um, for patrons, the Vengeance Trilogy show will be up around the time that this show is up. Um, we recorded that Sunday. We're recording this Tuesday and yesterday. Uh, Lottie um, had me playing um, Overcooked 2 on the PlayStation with her for a couple of hours. So that was my time uh, uh, gone. That game's fun. It's very stressful. It's on PlayStation now. I kind of think you two should play it. You do co-op cooking. That looks like the sort of thing you quite like, Bex. It looks like one of those cooking games that you used to play on your phone, but on the PlayStation. Sounds fair. Yeah. Nice. Um, Sorry? I said I do like a good cooking game. Yeah, there you go. Good, good. So, uh, yeah, Vengeance Trilogy up around about the same time as this show. Um, Tales from the Tape Deck, I believe you recorded that over the weekend, Mark? We did record it on um, from Saturday night, myself and Noel. Uh, it was uh, Suede Part 2, uh, which were, um, were entitled The Post-Butler Years, uh, or the uh, the, the uh, commercially successful years. We're not quite sure how we're going to, what is it? We haven't quite worked that out yet. Uh, but yeah, that was it. It was a really fun recording. Uh, there'll be there's a playlist to go with it. Uh, that should be available at some point this this week. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was fun going back over that. We had a good a good natter about that. And Great I think we've, we've got a, a playing it forward coming up again in about ten days, I think. Yep, we record uh, the next playing it forward a week Friday, and uh, Becky is joining Jordan and I for the rest of there and back again we're recording the return of the king episode on sunday i believe bex i think that's the plan yeah yeah nice um in his calendar so now it has to happen (laughs) (laughs) i I, i love i love it i love it you put it in your calendar then you know it's gonna happen the one time i i think the one time i've ever done that was when i was um gonna be recording a a look at the wes anderson films with george um and then covid happened but every week, because I never took it out of my calendar, I just get a reminder of, like, you're supposed to be doing this. It's like, yeah, I fucking am, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah. Uh, so that they're all available on the uh, the Pod Syndicate bonus feed. Um, you can literally find it by Pod Syndicate bonus feed. There's, um, there's, yeah, there's some there's a lot of content going up on there. Fair play. Um, we are PodSyndicate.com, uh, obviously. Um uh, you got the Iron sequel, his film, her movie, the rewatch project, Shinstroger vs. Punter, uh, What's on Tap, Entertainment Landfill. Uh, don't think I've forgotten anybody. Uh, so yeah, uh, awful lot of good folks there, and you'll hear a couple of promos for a couple of the shows uh, during the this show that you were listening to. So I think that's the admin out the way. Good shit, admin news do we have sandra bullock is going to be in that money train film with brad pitt i like that i like that it, it, it's about time sandy b came back to us uh, i don't think she's gone away she was in that really like big oceans movie yeah, she doesn't i think she's never been a, a very prolific like two or three years she's never been like that mm. kind of actress but it, it does feel like it's one every couple of years and, um, well, she was blindfolded in some woods for 18 months. Oh, of course she was, yes. I mean, that will have, you know, technically sell. Um, but, yeah, it just, it, it's, 
I think because there was a period for Sandra Bullock where she did quite serious roles for like three or four, eight, well, well probably about five or six years, mm. that people forgot, I think, quite how charming she is as a presence. Mm. Um, and I think maybe there was a little bit of the fact that she got quite a lot of criticism for a couple of her movies that weren't actually bad movies and then kind of got criticised for, for taking that criticism head on uh, for like turning up at the Razzies. Uh, was that all about Steve? Was that all about Steve, which is a fine movie actually. It, it, do you know what? It's not amazing, but it's, it, it, it's, it's fun. I actually quite enjoyed it. But turning up at the Razzies with a wheelbarrow full of the movie on DVD was brilliant. Wasn't that the same weekend that uh, um, she won Best Actress with The Blind Side? It was the <laughs> same weekend, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah. I, 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 I would like her, I, I'd like every year there to be at least sort of one fun Sandy B movie. That actually sounds quite good fun, that all about Steve. It is good fun. It is. No, watch out, a spy to everyone. That's what I did. <laughs> nice. Um, also, <clears throat> I should have led with this, some really exciting news. Uh, Mark's first uh, producer credit yeah. uh, received its first poster today. We'll probably talk about, well, we will talk about the trailer next week. We have to publicise it as much as we can uh, as much as much we can do. Mark, yeah. um, why don't you tell us all about it? Um, it's, it's Cruella de Vil as a uh, puppy-killing anarchist. That you want to fuck? <laughs> yeah, of course you do. Not Apparently. <laughs> The poster? You've not seen the Cruella poster? No. Oh, Bex, let's get your on-mic reaction to this. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Some wank bank material there for you, then. I am fucking on board. Did, yeah. you, did you notice the anarchy like symbol in the A in her name? Oh, God. Because Cruella de Vil is synonymous with anarchy. Is she not just synonymous with animal murder? Uh, maybe that's what it means. <laughs> maybe, yeah. <laughs> that's a symbol. Like, the trailer is just some, like... I imagine the trailer is scored to Nine Inch Nails is closer. And, um... Because doesn't that have, like, the, uh, the... Yeah, it does. It's got the lyric, I want to fuck you like an animal, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. What I want is just, like, a load of, like... It fades in like newspaper clippings of like missing dogs it fades out it fades in a child is laughing playing with their dog fades out fades in the child is crying as the dog is in a van being driven away and then it it, like there's all this voiceover about like nobody knows what's happening beagles shih tzus poodles all going missing who could it be and then it just fades in and you've got Cruella DeVille's smiling face. And as it pulls out back, you've got the music building up and then a reveal of just dog corpses everywhere in the background. And that's when it hits. I want to fuck you like an animal, you know, <laughs> and, then, and then it just goes dark. And then just that that tight face Cruella comes up. Followed by, followed by, available on Disney Premium Plus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I would, I, yeah, I, that would, that would, that would work for me. I'd be spent by the end of it. 
just I mean, the trailer, you know, the trailer's coming out tomorrow. So by the time this comes out, maybe this is a moot point. But the fucking narrative leaps that they are going to have to go to show that she's some misunderstood character who by the start of 101 Dalmatians is reasonably in a place where she wants to steal dogs to make coats. I I just really hope they just make her just fucking evil. That's that's they the way, isn't it? They, they won't. She'll have to have some bad, what is it, story like, I don't know, uh, fucking, there'll be something. It, but it is, it's how do they do it without making dogs seem evil? Her parents were militant vegans. <laughs> and she just went completely the other way. It's the parents' fault, fucking vegans. That'd be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> I want to kill animals. I want to skin them. I want to eat them. I want to fuck them like the animals they are. <laughs> oh, God. It, it is, the trailer is going to be fascinating. <laughs> but I also... I, I, one thing that, that I did like was the fact that it just said May 2021. Nothing about Disney Plus. Just May 2021. Yeah. It, it, like they're saying, it's a theatrical release. And yeah. it's same month as black widow it makes me think though them coming out with this today did disney know something that we don't about like the covid figures is that like is there some higher up in disney that uh bob whatever the Iger, does he just like know from data that's been passed to him or something that do you know what yeah cinemas are going to be fine in may bob crank it up yeah i i, I genuinely think that 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 they do the, 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 yeah. the data that will be available to a company of that size based on not like it's been leaked to them or anything like that but the the way that they will harvest data and they will process data and they will have people working out said data for it they are looking at May and going this is when we can relaunch cinema i think and the th- I think it's fucking genius for this film because if this film comes out in a normal summer, it will do well. It will yeah. do well. It comes if this and Black Widow are basically the only two shows in town in May. Yeah. Fucking hell. You drop this, you drop this mid bank holiday weekend. And it could be an absolute stroke of genius. Yeah. Yeah. And I fucking really hope it is. Uh, poster is batshit absolute batshit just what are they uh, just honestly what are they doing they're making a sexy Cruella de Vil or at least that 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 is what they're trying to do oh god yes without question it's very odd if they weren't doing it as billing it as what they perceive as a sexy Cruella de Vil um then and it was just going to be they were just going for a new live action Cruella. It was, it's it's Cruella prequel essentially, isn't it? It's an origin story. Right. So that's why they're going for the, the, the a sexy angle with it. If they were just doing another 101 Dalmatians live action thing, they'd have just cast Alice and Janet because it would have just made <laughs> sense. Hell. Yeah, it's not bad. And I'm not. By the way, can I just point out there? Uh, I am not saying Alice and Janet is not a sexy woman. I would just like that to be on record. I reckon she's got she could she could 
deserves some good Cruella de Vil face, though. Yeah, but but she would be the perfect... Mm. What is it casting for it? It's good at that. Well done. See? This was at our production meetings. We had these ideas. We mm. batted this across the is it, table. So why did you go for Emma Stone, then, Mark? Why? Because, because we wanted somebody that could harness the crazy sexiness. And she fucking hates dogs. Yeah. Oh, Emma Stone's a noted dog eater, is she? Yeah, yeah. She right. went full method. Right, okay. Yeah. So that she was... didn't hate dogs before, but she got so into the character now she loves dogs. Yeah, she, she, she. I mean, I, I'm going to use the word allegedly uh, murdered uh, Ryan Gosling's dogs. Just going to use the right. word allegedly. Uh, okay, okay. They just had sex in a pool of their blood. Yeah. Yeah, all right. We're taking this to a dark place now. This I mean, just the lightness of it. There was some other weird shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was Emma Stone who suggested Closer for the trailer, wasn't it, Mark? It was indeed. It was That's her genius. Idea. I can't wait for tomorrow. People are going to have their minds blown. <laughs> Not just their minds. <laughs> Hang on. What the tra- The trailer is so revolutionary that somehow it makes people blow themselves. No, it just makes their balls blow. Uh, right, okay. it, it is. It's just, it's like the fucking the prostate dam just bursts. Ew. You tested, and if I if I remember correctly, you told me that you tested this in a Halloween free esque environment mm-hmm. where you just got like some innocent family in. Yeah. Stuck it, stuck the trailer on, and like literally the mother just screamed as the prepubescent boy and father's balls just blew off despite which is impressive it was a six-year-old boy and he went through puberty quickly okay he went through puberty and then his balls blew up it was weird yeah the, right. the, the prostate dam broke is giving me real kind of anal leakage vibes you know that right hey you were there <laughs> I mean, in in um, Mark's production office, that equates to an A plus cinema score. It does. So. <laughs> it does. That two way mirror, we just turn around and give big thumbs up at it. <laughs> oh my god! It's all right. Yeah. It'll all be on the special features. Looking forward to talking about the trailer in the next week. I hope your uh, I hope your cut of it is uh, is is the one that's uh, out there. It, it better fucking be. Mm-hmm. Talking about trailers for cuts. <laughs> we have to. <laughs> hey, kids. You like Batman? You like Superman? Do you like Wonder Woman? How about a boxy as fuck trailer for a four hour long film that looks like it was basically filmed inside a computer that's in a bin? <laughs> that is so accurate. <laughs> I mean... Zack Snyder's Justice League. What? What's he doing? I don't, the, the the formatting is 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 a little bit like you you you've. It, it, I don't get it. They've given him too much power. There's a point where they should have gone. Whoa! No! 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 Right. This is for HBO Max. Yeah, but I want it to be HBO IMAX. Like, right, but we don't have that. Not everybody has an IMAX cinema at their home. You got you got three three of the four letters, guys. You know, come yeah. on now, just think big. All it, you need is an I. It, 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 it is it's mad that it, 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 
it can't it can't be in that format when it's going to be shown on HBO Max. It it can't. People will shit the bed about it. It's not even to not not, not even getting near the fact that honestly, it's the, the mad thing is, Justice League is a movie I've seen twice, right? And I watched the trailer and went, I don't know what's going on. And I've seen it. Yeah. You haven't seen this version. I yet. haven't seen that version, but I was still looking going, I genuinely don't know what's going on. It, it, it's like the last thing that Snyder's done is he's hired Darren Brown to, in the trailer, <laughs> put some kind of weird fucking subliminal messages into it that has made people forget what happened in Justice League. I mean, it's fairly forgettable. So. It just, but also I was watching it going right. It looks grotesque. Mm. Yeah, it does. And then secondly, also as well, I watch it going four hours. It's four hours of unchecked, unreined in Snyder. And then I remembered, oh shit. This is going to be boring. Yeah. Really, just boring. I really, 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 really hope it's really fucking good. I think it's going to be a bit of a be careful what you wish for. But it, yeah, it does feel a little bit like that. It feels a little bit like five hours after after it's gone live on HBO Max, all of HBO and just there going. What have we done? It, it, well, it, it feels like they've let him call it Zack Snyder's Justice League so that there is a single target. Yeah, like, just, this is all Zack Snyder. You know, if it pulls off, everybody will label him a genius. Okay, great. And we're the ones who let the genius do his vision. If it goes wrong, it's Zack Snyder's Justice League. Can I just point out that, that this will now... I, I'm, I'm fairly certain that what I'm about to say is true, right? Go on. This will now make this movie, Zack Schneider's Justice League, right? Mm. The most expensive movie of all time. <laughs> Original Justice League budget, $300 million. Fuck. <laughs> and the, 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 the Zack Snyder cut is an additional <laughs> $70 to $100 million. On top of that, so <laughs> it's somewhere between 370 million, right, and 400 million, mm. right. That was greenlit in the middle of a pandemic. Additionally filmed in the middle of a pandemic, and for what? <clears throat> This is it. The thing is, it's going to be interesting because it's not my money. But it just, it's now, I think, dawning on everybody going, why though? (laughs) Why though? I think because Justice League was so bad, wasn't it? Like, it's. do, do, Do Warner hate. Joss Whedon that fucking much that they don't want him to get any residuals from this movie. I mean, they need to get to the back of the queue on that one, really, don't they? I mean, this this is the thing. Would I rather watch 
like given everything, would I rather watch just Joss Whedon's Justice League or would I rather watch Zack Snyder's Justice League? It's going to be the latter because Zack Snyder, for all his many, many filmmaker faults, seems to be an okay human being. I'm not saying... Something's going to come out now. But the the thing is here, it's quite interesting what Ian's saying here, actually, because Zack Schneider gets a lot of shit thrown at him for the whole um, bad, bad fucking um, podcasting etiquette with the bunny ears, but for the film bro thing, right? But part of that is because of, quite simply, the way he looks. And it's a little bit like, right, because he doesn't look like... Uh, like a normal filmmaker would look because he doesn't look like a, 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 a geeky guy or anything like that because he looks like a bro. <laughs> it, it, it gets thrown at him. He, he hasn't even actually made that many bro movies or anything like that. It's really weird. You know, he's made things like Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead's magnificent. The, that fucking the Weird Owl movie he made. <laughs> Oh, the Legends of Gahul. Sucker Punch, which, yeah, it, I think he made it for the right reasons. I don't think it landed. No. I mean, which if the right reasons made... were you want to jerk off over Emily Browning for a couple of hours, then, yeah, he did. He did, like, yeah. Su- but, Sucker but, Punch is not a good film. Sorry. It's also, no, I, 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 I agree with that. But I do think that his intention at the start of it was to make a badass chicks movie. I just think that he came at it from the wrong fucking angle. Yeah, I mean, he wanted to. Yeah, he wanted to show but, off badass chicks, but he was also. But these chicks have got boobs. But, I will, but in his defence for that, what I would say there is, he basically used the fucking flip of what he did with three hundred, where it is he made three hundred, which is just a lot of very burly men in loincloths. That is an excellent counter. A bit different, though, isn't it? It, it is, but it wasn't. 300 didn't leer over them but i get i get where you're coming from and i respect it but i don't think there was quite the this is going to satisfy your first with 300 as there was with sucker punch i it's and i hate the phrase as well there's a there's a, a male gaze element to take into account there a man making a film with a lot of men that are ripped with no shirts on isn't as creepy as a man making a film with a load of very, very scantily clad young girls. And I agree with you. But I am just saying... Oh, I can't believe I just used the term male gay. Yeah, that was a little bit. I know. I'm I'm disgusted with myself. But it's a valid point. You're right, though. What? You're right, though. It is a valid point. And I I, I agree with it. But I still maintain that my counter-argument is an argument that holds water. I'm not saying it, 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 it's, it is a 50-50 or anything like that and the scales are, tip, are, are, are balanced exactly. But, let's be honest, a lot of women and a lot of men of the persuasion will have enjoyed the shit out of 300 for looking at Fassbender and, and Gerard Butler in basically nothing. They're not wearing basically nothing, are they? The thing is, with men... Your 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 sexy parts are concentrated from um, just below the waist uh, to the whoa, top whoa, of the whoa. thigh. Stop! Can I pause for a second there? A few things. 
One, male genitalia is not sexy at I, all. I, I, I think she meant the parts that do the sex. Yeah. Yeah, but the sexy parts of, 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 of a man... Let's be honest, right? If you've got a... Let's say a, a Gerard Butler stood there with his fucking shirt off or a, a fastbender there and you want to get thirsty over it, you're going to watch 300 rather than watching Shame, aren't you? You see his dick in Shame, mind. And that's what I'm saying, but... but it's a bit like, oh, they just that sexy, but, 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 but it is that thing. Are they are they that sexy? They're not really, are they? Ah, uh, Michael F. Aspender's uh, dick is, you know, it's quite pleasing. I, 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 it, I'd be okay if I was Alicia Vikander. <laughs> Sorry. This fucking this this episode's taking some turns. Isn't I mean, it? I mean, it, yeah. There's, there's very much a reason why you can show a man topless in a movie and you can't show a woman. It's because of and these I, fucking stupid things I, that we have to carry around. And, and again, I don't agree with that. I think it's double standards. But yeah, because you want to see titties. Yeah. Just let everything all out. Like well, long-term listeners. Will, will uh, Ian will back me up on this. I have been saying from day one of Film Bastards that there should be more wanging cinema. You know you have, fair play. Nobody, nobody wants us to see that. This guy does. <laughs> Fucking hell, right. Just a bag of hanging around. I just want to see fucking dick slapping everywhere. I want the fucking 300 Snyder cut where they're just fucking <laughs> bollock naked. I just, you're just there, hen nights and fucking bears. That's all that is there in the cinema. And me just going, you're welcome. <laughs> oh, dear. I will just, before we move on from Justice League, A, something that I just haven't heard talked about at all. The way Jared Leto says, isn't that right? Batman <laughs> at the end of that trailer, I think is fucking incredible. Um, B, when I say Zack Snyder is is an okay guy, my one thing is that dude needs to fucking know that his fan base, a large portion of them, are fucking toxic, and he needs to be doing more to actually address that and tell them that they shouldn't be fucking going after people that they're going after just because they did uh, they have opinions that disagree i think that zack snyder does egg them on a little bit but it's through non-acknowledgement not being donald trump and saying i uh, you're very special but just wanted to say that in case people were like well no, and, I, and, I, and i think that's a, a very valid point actually yeah yeah i love that film it, 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 is, it is his masterpiece. The problem is he's trying to recreate it using... I think his idea is if I can recreate that magic using characters that people have heard of, then there's but no Watch, end to what I can do. Watchmen's fantastic because it basically is a moving representation of what you've already read in the book. It is, it is um, quite I, slavishly accurate, isn't it? I do think there's an element of, for him the reasons why he had to leave Justice League were deeply personal. And then what came out, the film that came out that he started was a bit of a, what the fuck have you done? 
for what what is it whether or not his is going to be any good or not is different but i think from a creative level for, for him it's a little bit of a this must be a i am setting some fucking things right whether or not that it's right to set these right or not the outcome will be any fucking different yeah. <laughs> is a different matter i'm watching the, the, the watchman again the full fucking the black Friday the cut, ultimate yeah. cut the six yeah. hour cut yeah. Yeah. yeah fucking great the black freighter stuff in it is amazing yeah, I love it. I've never watched the ultimate cut. I think I need to. I've watched Tales of the Black Freighter and the director's cut separately, but never all together. Yeah, the um, ultimate cut is something. Mm. It, it is good, but it is a. You need to bed in for the night, don't you? Yeah, you either you either either need to go right. I'm going to watch this over two or three nights, or you need to go right. I'm starting this at seven. <laughs> Ian goes to bed really early though, Mark. He'd have to watch it over a week. <laughs> oh fuck off. <laughs> no, um, you're sensible and go to bed early. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I think I'm relatively normal, just to be clear. It's not like yeah, I'm fucking turning you half don't eight every night. Black Messiah until one in the morning last you, night. You don't go at like quarter past twelve at night. But sneak all by him now. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I went grocery shopping after work. Didn't get home till what was it quarter to eight. Decided to then do a whole roast chicken to make buffalo chicken with. So we didn't eat until late <laughs> yeah. last night, and then started watching Black Messiah. No, I mean, I had a late one on Friday night where I literally, like, woke up on the sofa at about half midnight with my PS5 controller in my hand where I'd fallen asleep drunkenly playing God of War 3 Remastered. <laughs> that sounds good. Drunk, but, drunk computer gaming is fun as fuck. The thing is, like, I woke up and I couldn't remember which direction I was supposed to go in. So I just got a bit lost and then went to bed. Uh, it is funny when you're playing a game that's like it's actually like got a story that you need to follow and you 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 know you're a few beers while you're playing it and you're like yeah i'm fine i'm fine i know what i'm doing i'm not doing anything stupid i'm not like making any stupid mistakes and getting shot this is fine and you go to bed and you get up the following morning like what the fuck where am i yeah what on earth has happened (laughs) it's that or just playing too late at night like i i finished playing Bioshock Infinite at like three in the morning because I really wanted to get it done and I mm. can't remember the ending of that game because it was just late and I can't I, like I remember bits of it I remember a lighthouse and I remember going back to Rapture I don't really remember the context and it sucks it's a long game to replay to get that again yeah fuck that just watch it on YouTube yeah that's, that's probably yeah good point anyway right let's move on what are you doing that's private it's private you think you're gonna be a bad mother it was a question why you gotta ask yourself that i don't i don't know maybe the fact that i'm bringing a child into a war zone these aren't considerations you have to make. You get to go out there, talk about dying a revolutionary death and how your your body belonged to the revolution because you don't have another person growing inside your body. So you regret it? What? I have my baby. Do you? When I dedicated my life to the people, I dedicated my life. You did? 
So, Judas and the Black Messiah is directed by Shaka King and stars Daniel Kaluuya, Lakeith Stanfield, Jesse Plemons, Dominique Fishback, uh, back, Ashton Sanders, Daryl Britt Gibson and Lil Rel Howery in a basically one scene. I was waiting for that guy to turn up for the whole film. Then when he did turn up, he didn't disappoint. <laughs> Brilliant. So, Judas and the Black Messiah is about Fred Hampson, played by Daniel Kaluuya, but the main character is a uh, kind of like a, a scuzzy guy played by Keith Stanfield who uh, has to go kind of undercover um, or face jail time for um, trying to steal a car, uh, where he goes undercover with the Black Panther and... It kind of rises up through the ranks of the Black Panthers. Um, I, I, I don't know if it's already a criticism of the film, but becomes friends and or work colleagues with Daniel Kaluuya. Never really quite got a sense of how deep their relationship was. Um, and uh, Jesse Plemons plays uh, kind of uh, Lakeith Stanfield's uh, handler. Um and he kind of like kind of ups the stakes of what the Keith Stanfield's character is needed to do as the years go on. Um, so this is one that we've been very much looking forward to since the trailer came out um, and does seem in terms of awards nominations and whatnot. It definitely seems like it's there in the mix. Daniel Kaluuya seems to be the one who's getting the real buzz um, out of the film. But I'm I'm. I'm I'm intrigued, though, considering that Lakeith Stanfield is kind of the lead of the film, I think, or at least he is the protagonist, I think. Um, Bex, I'm going to turn it to you first and just with a specific question. Lakeith Stanfield in this film, what did you think of him and what did you think of his character? Um, character it's a bit of a weird one because I did some reading on it and there's there's various kind of conflicting information on his the character that he's playing as to whether he felt guilty about it obviously it says at the end of the film that he committed suicide but I don't think that's the official cause of death he died in a car accident um oh wow but the the kind of the 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 the, the um the feeling is that he had the accident on purpose kind of thing. Um, but he'd previously tried to commit suicide. Um, and he, he denied involvement with uh, the Black Panthers and stuff as well, apparently as well, according to what I was reading. So can I just point out, he, he is famously the, a very unreliable. Yeah. <laughs> is it? He would change his story depending on who he was talking to. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. Um, O'Neill ran into traffic on Interstate 290. He was hit by a car and killed. He was 40. His death was ruled a suicide, although his wife claimed it was accidental. Yeah. Earlier in the evening, he tried to jump out of a window. So yeah, it's it's a weird one. I think he he, he gets across. Um, the conflict that I think you're supposed to feel that he's feeling quite well. Um, the bit where he sees Jesse Plemons in the crowd and 
it kind of galvanizes him to like shout louder and and be more involved in the, the you know the I am a revolutionary kind of shouting bit that's 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 going on. So I, I think mm. I don't know. You kind of get a you you, you, you kind of obviously supposed to get the feeling that he's in a really bad situation and he doesn't want to be in it anymore and he doesn't want to be betraying these people, but he's being forced to by Jesse Plemons' character. So I think I think it kind of gets that conflict across quite well. If that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. I, it, I I don't know. I suppose my I suppose my my trouble with it, and and to be clear, I don't think it I don't think it's the performance. Um, I I I I think it's in the construction of the film itself. And I don't know. Maybe there is that element of well, you never really kind of nobody really knew how he actually felt. But a the whole rising through the ranks it felt like there was just shit just cut out there. It, yeah, you know, I, like, I agree that it's it's one of the few times I think we'll say, I, I'll say on the podcast, because I majority say most films, a lot of films are too long. I, you could easily yeah. add another half an hour at the start of this movie to kind of, to build that character a little bit more. I think with, you know, in one sense, it's, it's a great thing that they are bringing these, these historic black stories to the mainstream and making them accessible for everyone to watch and learn Mm. but on the flip side of that they're making them quite simplistic i think you've got obviously you've got you've got this charlie chicago seven was obviously last year and it it actually references bobby teal in this film um and well yeah yeah but it's in trying to make it accessible for people that don't know yeah it's making it quite surface level if that makes sense like it, it's not really delving into the characters because it it can't assume a base knowledge because these aren't necessarily people that are widely known to everybody mm. so it, it can't delve deeper and tell you things you don't know until it until you know the things that you should know if that makes Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's it's. I feel like there's a there's a deeper story there that they've obviously felt like they can't go into as much. But it it does feel like you don't really get to know any of the characters terribly well. Hmm. I mean, and, and and this is the thing. And, and by the way, I'm kind of almost like trialing a new way of doing these reviews where I don't just ask for like, what did you think of it. Like, sorry, bit of an editorial chat I probably should have had before we started the show, but That's I thought awesome. I thought it was kind I, I thought it was kind of interesting, just kind of like leading in with a discussion topic instead of just saying what did you think of the film, mm. uh, because I think maybe like what we actually think of the film will uh, kind of be illuminated through the kind of like the discussions. So yeah, I agree. Cool, thank you. Um, but yeah, I, I, and apologies because I probably should have gone through. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I'd experiment. Um uh, but yeah, no, I mean it, it's I think simplistic is it it is interesting. And I, it, 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 there's a review on uh, polygon.com so I'm not going to claim this uh as an original thought but saying that like it's a really interesting story told through the the wrong viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Um because you know, you're focusing on on Lakeith Stanfield like uh, 
a pretty big degree. And the, the key thing is, is he the most interesting character in the film? No. You know, it, it, and is he the character that you kind of want to follow? And at least for me, no. Who is the most interesting character and who do I want to follow? Fred Hampton. I want to know how Fred Hampton rose to those ranks. I mean, he died when he was 21. Mm. You know, and I mean, like Kiluya is obviously older than 21. I mean, Keith Stanfield's character is like, like in real life was like in his late teens when he fucking killed him, apparently. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, uh, that's a whole other thing. But I want to know how Fred Hampton rose to such prominence at such a, a young age. And it fe- the impression I get in this film is that it wasn't violence or anything. It's because he genuinely cared for his community and he was fucking articulate. Uh, you know, and he knew how to give a speech. But instead, we've got like scenes devoted to Jesse Plemons having conversations with Martin Sheen and like where it's like, OK, well, what am I supposed to feel sorry for Jesse Plemons now? Like because he's being like railroaded into this shit. I don't I don't really care about that character. You know, it, it, it's this whole like. It's almost like Donnie Brasco if Donnie Brasco wasn't that interesting. Yeah, I get what you mean. It's a a good comparison to... It's a comparison I think that that, that people haven't made that much, but I think it it does have more in keeping with something like Donnie Brasco than uh, than a lot of the movies that people are comparing it to, certainly. Mm. And and I'll I'll show up in a minute, but that's what I find frustrating about the film, because I think it is a fucking solid four out of five but it should have been better and that that's what i find that's what i find frustrating about it kaluuya give it you can give him best supporting actor absolutely no fucking problem i think he is magnetic as fuck in this film yeah and i think the keith stanfield is doing good work with what he's been given um I just don't think that the the, the material was was like necessarily there. So, Mark, I'll I'll, I'll turn it to you, bud. So, like the the whole Jesse Plemons, the Keith Stanfield um, angle of it. I because this is just a general question I had, actually. What, What what do you think our sympathies are supposed to be towards Jesse Plemons by the end of this film? I think it, it, it plays around with the fact that um, Plemons as it, it, it was clearly Plemons' idea to to kind of to utilise something that fell into his lap essentially uh, that he could place a young um, a young black kid within uh, the ranks and it would be something that you know they they were it was quite a tight knit group. Mm. If he could work out a way of getting him involved in it, and get information. It, it, it would it would actually it would happen quite quite quickly. I mean that is one thing I think the film does quite well is it the events we're having um over a couple of years they're over a matter of months mm. um and, and you kind of you get that but I, then I think what it, what it tries to do uh, is about halfway through is it tries to give you the idea that actually Plemons thinks that this is all his idea and it's not. The people above him are pulling so many strings that he doesn't fucking know about that he's as much a tool uh, of them as um, as Lakeith Stanfield is a tool of him. And it, it's but then the problem with that is 
he leans into it far too easily. And then I mean, there's there's one scene in it that that felt a little bit like I don't know I don't know what you're going for here. And even the scene doesn't know what it's going for. So the scene where uh, Martin Sheen as Jager Hoover is saying to Jesse Plemons, what happens when your daughter brings home a Negro? It's not what he says. Um, he uses a different N word. Does he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, and, and, and he's like, you can tell he's thinking, the character seems to, be, seems to be wanting to say, what? I wouldn't, it's not something I think about. Or, I don't think he's as far as saying I wouldn't care, but I just think he's, it's not something I've ever thought about. I never think I will need to think about. But it, it's just, I was watching going, I don't get why this scene's here. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't get it other than it's to, it just feels superfluous in the sense that it doesn't, it, it tries to give a little bit to Jesse Plemons, but you don't, by, by that point, you're not going to give anything to Jesse Plemons. By the same token, it doesn't make Jay Gahoover look worse because he already looks pretty fucking bad anyway. Yeah. And it's just like that amount of time there. I think it's. I think also it is the only. It is one of only. I think three, maybe four scenes in it, in an entire movie, that contains only white characters. Mm. Mm. I think it might be one of three scenes in it. I think it's supposed to highlight the fact that regardless of what Clemens's intentions were, he he's similarly subjected to institutional racism and if he not him subjected yeah. to it but he he's similarly affected by it and if he doesn't tell the line within that institution because i think i think the other point here is this is in 60s america mm. let's make it it's you know if we think that tolerance is now our law it was a whole it, it was a fucking different world there Mm. Back, you know, back then, um, and he references the um, that he worked the case for the the Mississippi burning cases. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that, and I think he's, I think he, I think the character seems to want to portray that he's not racist, but he probably is, but just not as racist as the outright fucking racists. Mm. Um, so it's a really strange one uh, it, in it, that sense. And I, the thing is, there's, 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 there's one major issue, not like major, one like, like big issue that I have with the movie is what I think is is very good about it, and because it will be compared to, for instance, Trial of Chicago 7, mm. whereas what Ian said about it being much closer to Donny Brasco is, is very true. But it will get compared to Trans Sky 7 because of the, the racial tones of it and um, the, the Black Panther involvement of it. But what I think that um, Shaka King uh, does really well here is this movie isn't stylized. Mm. Trans Sky 7 is very stylized. At every frame of that movie, Trans Sky 7, achingly wants you to know that it's set in the time period it's set. Sure. Whereas this, it, it is just set the time period it's set, but it's not it's not going. Look, 
Look at this late 60s outfit. Look at the late 60s car. Look at the soundtrack we're giving you. You know, there was actually a lot of the soundtrack in it is things that have been sampled in hip hop in the late eight, in the mid 80s and uh, early 90s. Yeah. yeah. A, a lot of them. So when you're listening to it, there's a right. Okay, this is this is this this is Cypress Hill. This is Jay Z. This is this, but it's not. Mm. So it, it, it's fucking around with you already. Then it, it, there's a familiarity to it, but for different reasons. So it's not it's not constantly hammering home that it's a time stamp. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is is the best way you can do these these types of movies. The outfits are, are, are very much true to form, but without without essentially fucking luxuriating over them, mm. which Trial Chicago 7 does, because it's going for a different vibe. Right, yeah. and, and, and I respect that. But the problem there is the prosthetics, etc., and everything like that on Martin Sheen looks stylized, and it takes you fucking out of it because you're going, oh, that's Martin Sheen in a load of prosthetics. <laughs> so, fuck it. Why not either cast somebody different mm. or... Just have Martin Sheen playing it without all the fucking prosthetics. Oh, I don't know. Sorry. No, Jacob Hoover. Hoover, sorry, yeah. Or oh, just don't have Hoover in it at all. Yeah, you, you, you don't. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, you don't even need Hoover. But then again, the accusations were that Hoover was very much involved in the FBI's obsession with the Black Panthers. With the Black Panthers. Mm. Uh, and that a lot of the, the directives came directly from him. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it just if you're gonna if, if you're gonna do that, absolutely fine. But and I'm God, I'm yeah, I'm talking well, about. a voice like, down the fucking phone. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, um, yeah, that that's it. Have, you don't need him there. You can still have fucking Martin Sheen, but and there's a voice down the fucking phone, or even just fucking backshot from behind him, so you never fucking see his face, but you hear his voice and you see the back of a fucking chair. Mm. and that's it yeah I could do something like that oh sorry go on go on sorry uh, but again I think you're right in the sense that I think the film maybe started out as being this fucking uh, a a twofer with um, Kalua and Lakeith Stanfield there but and Lakeith Stanfield is a good actor but Kalua just fucking blows everybody out of the water He's here. Really, really he very is. Good in you, you, you're watching it, and on top of, um, I thought he was very good in Get Out. Mm. But then, post that, when you look at something like Widows, which I still think in ten years' time, people will go back and go, "Holy shit, is this one of the great American crime films of the past two decades?" And wasn't Kalua just absolutely magnetic in that? That. And then uh, Queen and Slim, and then this. You're looking at going, this guy's fucking like fucking peak, fucking you know, for sheer fucking charisma. And I'm not just doing saying this because it's black actor, black actor, but for sheer fucking charisma, this guy is hitting Denzel levels. <laughs> and I mean that because Denzel was charismatic and still remains charismatic as fuck. <laughs> I hate Widows, and I hated him in it. But I think he's supposed to hate him. But I think he's supposed to. But in this, when he's delivering the speeches, you're watching it going, do you know what? I don't care if you're white, black, fucking Latino, Puerto Rican, Chinese, Japanese, anything. You will fucking go to arms for that motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
because he is just magnetic. And even I think Jesse Plemons' character, when he's in the what is it, he's kind of watching going, yeah, fuck it, I can see it. Mm. It's weird, the Jesse Plemons' character, because I think he's, he's quite benign to start off with, isn't he? He's not... He's not really asking him to do anything bad. He's just asking him to essentially be a spy and all this kind He's of stuff. He's asking for information. Yeah. And then be- I think because Jesse Plemons is generally, he, he seems like quite a likeable person. But he can really well. Though. And then when he kind of turns a bit and asks him to do this horrible thing, it's like, oh, oh, you're that guy. That's not nice. I don't like that. I mean, the what I will say is the, another, it's quite interesting, the fact that, what you mentioned there about the suicide and how it actually happened. There's a bit at the end where it's going through bits and it mentions the that there was 99 shots fired by the police mm. and only one shot by the Black Panthers. Mm. Do you know what that one shot was? What? The one shot that was fired by the Black Panthers was when they shot um, Mark Collins, I think it is, off the back of my head, um, the other guy who was killed in the, in the raid. When they shot him... Uh, his reaction when he fell back was the shotgun went off. Oh. That was the one shot that the Black Panthers got. Oh, wow. Was that shot. And it just seems like information like that could be peppered in. Uh, and by the way, Shaka King can direct the living shit out of a movie. It's a great looking movie. I just, I think, I think that the, this director would have made a better version of this movie in three movies' time. Mm. Because he might have had the thing to go. Do you know what? Fuck it. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do. I'm, I'm gonna give you 160 minutes of this, and you're gonna yeah. fucking, you're gonna be drenched in it. It won't surprise me if there's a director's fucking cut of this comes out in a few years' time that is half an hour longer. If if there's a two and a half hour cut of this film, that cements why Lakeith Stanfield was his character was around for all the shit he was around for well he was that, the head of security for the, for the but, chapter though wasn't he build on why yeah but this yeah because this is the thing right i mean this is in my mind's eye but this is what happens when he's infiltrating the panthers he's in that one thing where that like classroom thing where he's talking to that girl and then frad hampton gives him a bollocking yeah yep. He's then got that car from Jesse Plemons. So now he has a car and drives them around. He hot wires the car. He's now the head of their security. Yeah, it, 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 there is this too much bouncing. But then again, but with the with the, the head of security thing, it's almost like he says, I got it because I was good at wiring buzzers and shit like that. <laughs> But and it's, it's almost like it was it, even he can't quite work it out. But but then again, there's other bits of maybe they just didn't have the information available, mm. and they just didn't they didn't want to get accused of making shit up because then it would be well if you made this up you probably made that up. It's it like, just I, I I saw one review saying about that the ending was overtly that they overegged the brutality of the ending. And it was like oh it was brutal. It needed to be. And it so. was like no, the the whole um, oh it looks like he might make it. And then the two shots, bang bang, he's good and dead now. Good and dead now. Heard, that was overheard by 
three people and said at different times. That is almost like now confirmed as that just happened. And it's it's the, the, the almost throwaway nature of it that just happens. It, it, I think it makes it, it kick in the teeth a little bit more. I think there's a level of people watching will be uncomfortable, so it's easier to believe that that was dramatical effect than that was real. That shot as well is is so well done that it's not actually focusing on him. He's blurry and in the background, as is the police officer. And it's focusing on Fishman. Yeah. Yeah. She's very good in it. Actually. Yeah, she is good. Yeah. Yeah, she's she, she is really good. Um, I, I think acting wise across the entire thing, I think it's. I think I think it's a very 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 good film, but mm. I do think it's just lacking, just that little bit from a from a five out of five. Yeah, just don't have it focus on the Keith Stanfield. Have it from Fred Hampton's point of view, and have him as some guy lurking in the background, and then well, you he learn was at- integral in the in the story. Like he he it, he did it, drug him. He did. Do but that yeah, as part of the assassination. So you can't you, really have one. I, I think you could maybe do it more in the sense of uh, assassination of uh, Jesse James by the Count Robert Ford rather than the way that this is done. Or assassination of Jesse James by the Count It's very, very, very wordy. fucking wordy title, that is. Very wordy title. If, if this was a fictional film, and I understand that they they wouldn't do this because it, it it's based on real life people, but if this was a fictional film, I almost feel like it would be based. It, it, Fred Hampton would be the focus, and then there would be a twist that the Keith Stanfield was like on the side of the bad all along and fucked him over. Yeah, and, uh, and for, I, I, yeah, I think I think yeah, he's spot on there to be honest. And, and for dramatic purposes, I wonder whether that would make that that would have made for a better film but like i say i understand why they haven't done that but i don't know just like even if you just like revealed relatively early on he's an informant and then it's like building and building and building or something like that it just my main problem with the film is you are the your protagonist like like i said at the start and we'll, we'll wrap it up in a minute but your protagonist is not the most interesting film uh, person in the film, and he's one of the least sympathetic people in the film. Or and again, if if I I feel like his dilemma may maybe could have been better uh, played out, especially with the end. The the end bothered me, but may, but it is just the character. Jesse Plemons is like, right, you're out here are the keys to a business you can go away you can start this business you can forget about everything and then a title card pops up going nah he stayed with the black panthers for fucking years got nearly 200 grand out of it It, it, it's like that character as that title card comes up feels like at least he regrets it and then that title card comes up and it's like, nah, he, he he stayed on and earned a small fucking fortune doing this dirty work for them. Oh, yeah. I, it, he, 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 he didn't seem to. But it, his, his thing that he, he said in interview was that he didn't think that what he was doing was wrong. But I mean, if, if that's the case, don't have him play that ending uh, as, confl- as conflicted. As conflicted, yeah. Yeah, no, I Have him be some cold almost sociopathic motherfucker who's like do not care does not compute i am saving my own skin 
But instead, you've got an ending where it's like, was I supposed to feel sympathetic for him or not? Because I'm getting some mixed fucking signals. And I, I think that that is not necessarily the direction. I It just it feels like the screenplay needed n- needed some more cooking. Uh, right. On the screenplay. Do you know the the because it was written by um, the screenplay was written by uh, Will Burson and Shaka King. Yeah. But the story was written by um, Kenny Lucas and Keith Lucas. Mm. Do you know who they are? No. They're two uh, American comedians. Do you know what you might know them from? You know the twins that uh, are in the dorm opposite um, Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill in. 22 Jump Street. Oh, yeah. It's them two. <laughs> That's, That's mental. Mm. Um, just just before we sort of go any further, though, Lakeith Stanfield does get a fairly iconic line right at the start of the movie, though, with the, the, the badge is scarier than a gun bit. Yeah, it's a really... Yeah. It, 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 it's really good, that whole fucking thing of when you're watching it going, hang on a minute, is he just nicking the car? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also as well, the... The, the wonder of I mean it's a it's 18 months for the theft of the car and five years for impersonating an officer yeah yeah um I mean definitely not shit yeah, yeah um not shit. I really really fucking hope Kalua wins something for it because mm. he's incredible in it I I think the parts are better than the whole yeah I would agree there um but it's a very, very good film. Very, very worthy of your time. Um, and yeah, I think Kaluuya's got a really, really good shout for best supporting because for some reason that because that's the thing. Even though he's first build, he is probably supporting in this film. Yeah, because I think there's, there's, there's a chunk of about a good half an hour or so where he's basically not in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, 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 yeah, I think he's, I think he's got a really, I think it's between him and Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami, and I, I, I like One Night in Miami more than I like Judas and the Black Messiah, but I would give that to Kaluuya. Yeah, the performance itself. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think, it's, I think it's, it, 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 I think it's a special performance. Yeah, 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 and it's noticeably, everyone's very good in it. Kaluuya is noticeably better than everyone else. And also as well. Partly because he gets those fucking awesome speeches. But, too, but right? it's not just the speeches that he's that he's fantastic. He's charismatic as shit, like you said. He's so but, charismatic. You just want to be behind him. Yeah, but then but then the other bits where he's not got that going on, where he's where the, the softer bits, the bits where the, the bit where he chews out Lakeith Stanfield early on. Mm. Um and then the the, the the bits where he isn't being the overtly over the top speechy bits, mm. he's still really charismatic and genuinely like he's just, seems like just like a, like a caring kind of guy. Mm. Um, I, I, fascinating to see whatever the fuck he does next because everything he just seems to do, he just seems to be fantastic in. Um, but our audience poll definitely not shit sixty three percent, touching cough thirteen percent, and shit twenty five percent. Wow, all right. Yeah, that's quite interesting. Um, hey, Hannah, you know, I think you really can't be a good rewatch of a TV show. Would you agree with that, love? Oh, yes, I would. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. 
I think during, you know, global pandemics, storms, all of these things, it's quite nice to just sit down and burn through something that you've seen a million Absolutely times. Absolutely nothing like a binge watch. Star Trek. Babylon 5. Because you could sit there for hours looking at serial killer documentaries. Absolutely. Uh, that Netflix. doesn't make you a weird person uh, at all. It doesn't. Yeah, you could watch documentaries that all seem to be about women killing men. Love you, darling. You could put off watching Daredevil for the 30th time. Harry Potter. But really, you can't be immersing yourself in the warm jumper of a rewatch of a show of or a, a franchise. Beloved franchise. A beloved franchise. Lord of the Rings. Twin Peaks. From VHS compilations recorded off television with the ad breaks, cut out of course, to DVD box sets of Sex in the City and I don't know, Smallville. <laughs> Farscape. Quantum Leap. To giving up finding new content on Netflix and just having a comfort trawl through Star Trek The Next Generation or Parks and Recreation. I think that we can all agree. There's a lot to be said for that. You can't beat a good rewatch. So, with that in mind, join Anna and Mike from Chinstroke vs. Panzer as we burn through some of our favourite franchises and share our immediate reactions to each instalment in both spoiler and non-spoiler sections. To do that, do a search for The Rewatch Project with Hannah and Mike on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or whichever your favourite podcast provider may be or go directly to anchor.fm forward slash rewatch project. We are proud members of the Pod Syndicate family of podcasts. Have you ever wondered what so-called family films will scar your kids forever? Putting four and five-year-olds in front of this movie, it's like, if they didn't know what death was before all this, they're going to know it after it. They're going to know it after it, and they're going to be freaking terrified. And they're going to be questioning you. Yeah. Or do you have the slight suspicion that your loved one has a cold, dead heart? Yeah, the Dark Knight has got all the orphans, and like, oh no, we're going to die. They did not build up those orphans at all. In my head, I was like, kill them. Then look no further, the His Film, Her Movie podcast is the show for you. It's the movie podcast that celebrates the contrasting cinematic tastes of its hosts. So join Jordan and Lauren every week on their unique journey through the land of the silver screen. So if you're looking for a few laughs, some fun film-related chat, then get involved. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Start off as what we're watching, guy. Yeah. Yeah. I want. I, I. I do want to listen. I'm also mindful of the time. I'll only be a couple of minutes. Right. What have you watched so far, Bex? Okay. So <clears throat> we're going from ten, aren't we? Yeah. Ooh, mm. uh, we're going from. Yeah. 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 Um. Okay. So. Okay. Okay. I think the only things I've watched on my own are Infinity War and Endgame. Go on. Um, do you know what? It was really good watching them just together on their own out of the wider context of a full Marvel rewatch. Um, it really highlighted to me and made me kind of understand better why I was so disappointed in Endgame. Right. Infinity War feels like the stakes are high. 
mint obviously they are because it, it it's essentially one giant movie that stops at the horrible bit in the middle mm. um but it, it feels more tense and you've got the kind of you've got the guys doing stuff wrong and then kind of torturing themselves about it like like with um quill for example overreacting to well not overreacting but reacting in the way that he does when he hears about gamora being killed and and essentially fucking up their chance to stop it before it starts things like that things like thor um really almost so close to getting thanos and then and he goes you should have gone for the head and it's like oh fucking hell it's that you you feel that with them you feel their failings with them it's just got so much more gravity than endgame has across the whole film go on so my issue with endgame remains that you've got all that tension Mm. built up and Mm. all of that misery at the end of it that I thought the end game then starts to float you, too bouncing, yeah. too light, and you go, what? oh. It, the thing is, my issue with end game is, you know, all these people are dead. Half of the fucking world's population is dead. They're having to kind of muddle along trying to still do good. But so much of it is played for cheap fucking laughs. And it's like, it, it, by association cheapens the entire film the prime example fat thor no need for him to have been fat have him depressed and like um hermit living in fucking new asgard stuff like that you don't have to stick him in a fat suit and make him fucking funny for laughs they make him funny and it he's 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 struggling with all this stuff that he's lost and that he blames himself for the snap happening. And that, yet they make him funny. They could have played that so much with, with so much more yeah, I, sensitivity. I, I don't I don't think that going back that they they nailed too many things with that. I think, I think they made a lot of mistakes now going back and looking at it. They did, they absolutely did. And then even stuff like when they're when they're there trying to get the stones in um New York and they're there trying to get the Tesseract and the stabby stabby thing and all the whole oh captain america that's america's ass thing and you know yeah it's funny and he has got a nice ass but it's playing something he's playing it for laughs when it he doesn't need it and it just makes the whole film dealing with this heavy kind of shit feel really light and flimsy um but then of course you you've you've got the ending and you, you you were upstairs where you and actually came down to see what was wrong because I was crying. Yeah, I did. Um, you know, and then the the, the ending, the, the the Tony Stark funeral is fucking sad. It it really is. Tony Stark dying is fucking sad. I do not like the character of Tony Stark slash Iron Man. I don't, and I haven't throughout the whole series of movies. But. It's it's still really sad, and obviously he has grown as a character throughout that series to be more likable than he is when he starts out. But I think a lot of that comes from Civil War because I very much side with Cap on that one, and I think that's why I don't like Tony. I still think Civil War is 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 Marvel's peak so far. Yeah, yeah. And I do worry about where the fuck they go. Where they go from here, yeah. Um, but yeah, like 
it, it's it kind of bumbles along in this bullshitty kind of fucking ha 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 isn't far fat funny and look at the rabbit slash raccoon and blah 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 um and then it kind of it saves all its emotional punch for the end which is fine but it, it's too compacted for you to actually like feel all the stuff they want you to feel is it, is it a little bit like a band that had a really a, a really good <laughs> albums and then endgame was like the first first greatest hits that yeah. they ever released yeah and a couple of new tracks were a little bit shit yeah. but then when they broke out the hits it was really fucking good and you really liked it yeah but then you look at it now and go right how are they gonna get to a greatest hits part two mm. Mm. so yeah i think it, it, it's nice to be to to re-watch them in isolation of the wider universe and just go uh, okay, because I can now pinpoint exactly why Endgame disappointed me so much, and I couldn't before. And I, I was like, is it was it just too high expectations? And it was, but those high expectations were set by Infinity War. So you watched two, three-hour movies um, as you're watching your own ones. Yes. Yes. Uh, Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah. I watched a 96-minute movie yeah. on my own. Was it a banger? It was a banger. So it's a 94-minute movie uh, <laughs> on my own. Um, I watched the Ryan Reynolds and Amy Smart comedy, Just Friends. A Hi. 60-year-old movie that that I I actually enjoyed, and it was fun, and it was funny. Um, and um, it, 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 it would seem that Hollywood still has not learned from the fat suits. <laughs> yeah. Um, that I'm, I'm glad to see that that is still going strong. Um, but yeah, it is... Just Friends is a sort of movie now where I watched it on Prime, I think. Um, and it seems like not as many people watch Prime as watch Netflix. Um, so it, it seems like if, if Just Friends ended up on Netflix mm. um, and people decided to, if it was like more popular and people decided to reevaluate it now, it would not go well. No. <laughs> At all. No. But I had a good time with it. It was fun. It still remains fun. It's fun watching Ryan Reynolds in a fat suit uh, sing along to Boys to Men. If that's insensitive, I don't care. There's a lot of more insensitive things that I have said on this podcast that are a lot worse than that. Um, Now, the ones we watched, well, we both watched them. Uh, We watched Don't Say a Word. You did. Yeah, with Brittany Murphy. Watching Um, Brittany Murphy in all films makes me feel so And and Michael Douglas and Sean Bean as a badass. Was this like a one o'clock in the morning watch? It was was quite late, wasn't it? It wasn't after something else. Film, it was it? it was after under suspicion. <laughs> it was let's just watch a bit of this and then we watched all we, of it. We did watch all of it, yeah. I think yeah. we did start watching it at literally about quarter to midnight. Yeah. Um, please, please continue. Sorry, I just... it's it's fine. It's oh. uh, our second uh, Gary Fledler movie of the year after we watched uh, Runaway Jury. Runaway Jury, yeah. Um, it, it's funny. It, it's good watching Michael Douglas um, in this era where he didn't make that much, to be honest. Um, he's very good enough. Oliver Platt is great whenever he turns up in anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's quite a good little, not like twist as such, but it's quite a nice reveal when it turns out that he's been involved in this whole thing because Oliver Platt is also being yeah. um, blackmailed, is that right thing? Yeah. Leveraged, whatever. And Jennifer Esposito. You do like Jennifer Esposito, don't you? You've got to like her. Yeah. Yeah. It just feels a little bit like fucking J-Lo stole her career. No, we decided it wasn't J-Lo. No, we decided it was Eva Mendes. Eva Mendes and her bush did stole it, didn't they? That's what we decided. 
Stop it with that. What? Referencing that every time you mention Eva Mendes. I'm just saying that that is when she arrived and that was the most noticeable thing at the time. Um, yeah, she basically stole her career, didn't she? And then squandered it. And then squandered it. Yeah. By having children with now dogless Ryan Gosling. Because Emma Stone killed them. Allegedly. Um, I really like Don't Say a Word. It's good and I, I, I enjoyed re-watching it. it. It's nice that um, that kind of crime thriller that it, it, it feels 90s, but it's actually not. It's, it's got a lot of fast cuts. <laughs> we, um, we like trash noughties thriller, though. Oh, we do, yeah. They're, they're, they're a staple um, for this. I'm just going to find, for the next movie we're going to talk about, I'm just going to find, because I actually I messaged um, on our little boy chat thing, I messaged about what uh, Prime says about I, it in the right. I, I hate that you just called it the little boy chat. <laughs> Did I? <laughs> uh, right. So, I'm not looking with a movie yet, but I'm going to read what it says on Prime. This, I am not making this up. I sent this to Ian and Becky. You can confirm this. That's it, right there. You're not tricking anyone though, because I literally watched it with you, and it was Ian that you sent it to. So, no, no, but the, our, our listeners. Oh, okay. Um, Oscar and Golden Globe winner, Mo- winners Morgan Freeman, Gene Hackman and Monica Bellucci starring a twisty thriller from Emmy Award winning director Stephen Hopkins and the producers of Fight Club. We follow a wealthy attorney who is accused of murder of a young girl. Described as an intense psychological punch up, eye gouging thriller. It is regarded as one of the best movies of all time. I feel like that's a, a weighty claim. <laughs> I mean, it's good. I mean... It's the third time I've watched it, so... <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. Um, yeah, it's, it's the movie Under Suspicion. <laughs> um, which which does open up uh, during the credits with Booth Bellucci being true to form and showing you her boobs. I think she explicitly shows you her boobs. I don't think you actually see much boob. I just, it, it does seem a little bit like when people say, you know, there's no need for that nudity in this movie. You watch it going... Yeah, there is no need for that. Apart from, I guarantee you, Monica Bellucci insisted upon it being there. <laughs> I reckon Stephen Hawking's like, well, no, 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 you need to take, she's taking a dress off again, so she, yeah, brilliant, cool, cool. I love Monica Bellucci. It's hard not to love Monica Bellucci. Yeah, she, she, she should be a, the picture next to the phrase body confidence in the dictionary. Yep. Yeah. Um, and justly so. Yeah, I, I like this movie. It, it's basically an all of a one night movie mm. um, where uh, Gene Hackman's character, it, he plays a um, a wealthy uh, lawyer okay. in, uh, in Puerto Rico uh, who is brought in um, for questioning by Morgan Freeman and uh, Thomas Jane over the um, murder of a couple of children, one of which he found the body. Uh, and then you quickly, it's basically a, Back when Thomas Jane was young enough to be the young, fiery upstart in things. Yes, before he accidentally was starring in um, right-wing propaganda movies. Um, Run, hide, fight. Oh. A, a, a crime thriller that is set against the backdrop of school shootings and why they should have guns to protect themselves. Oh, dear. Yeah, Thomas Jane was in that and then it accidentally has come out afterwards and gone, didn't actually know that this was a right-wing propaganda movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> so he's not. He's not. No, he's not a Roman. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, but it, it, it's fun. Um, it kind of tips along at a nice pace. Um, 
it's Gene Hackman and Morgan Freeman essentially bouncing off each other yeah. for 140 minutes mm. Mm. with occasional shots of Monica Bellucci. What more do you need? Looking pensive and pouty. Yeah. Um, I think one thing that's worth noting about Under Suspicion... Um, Apart from the fact that it is regarded as one of the best movies of all best time. Best movies of all time. I love the way they do the... The, when they're describing the things that have happened, like the, the, the flashbacky shots are not just done as flashbacks. No. Like Morgan Freeman's there interacting with them having their memories. Yeah, so you've got Gene Hackman is there as Gene Hackman was there when he was there. Yeah. But the words that he's saying are how he's explaining it to Morgan Freeman, and Morgan Freeman's also in the frames investigating what's going on it's, yeah. it's really it's a, yeah, quite it's an interesting, really interesting way to do it to be honest I love that um, we also watched Secret Window the Johnny Depp uh, film with uh, Maria Bella can't beat a bit of can't Bella can't beat a bit of Bella um, <laughs> it's fun it's throwaway it's based on a Stephen King short story I believe yeah um, but it, it, it's good watching it's good watching Johnny Depp be crazy Johnny Depp before crazy Johnny Depp was just Johnny Depp yeah. Uh, it's actually it's actually after the first pirates, so you can't do the. I know, but he hadn't quite lent into it, and that was all he could do by this point. But, also worth noting, I did say to you, didn't I, at the beginning of the film, this is based on a Stephen King story, and that's a dog. This does not end well for that dog. The dog gets killed quite early on. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Talking it's a screwdriver. Yeah, talking about um, Johnny Depp and the other hand movements and gestures and everything like that. This is your fault. Ian. This is Ian's fault. Um, we watched Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. Nice. <laughs> um, what do you think next? Rewatch it. But, yeah, we, we, it's fair to say we were fans of this when it came out. Yeah. Um, but it's probably been 10 years since I watched the first one. What, last? Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's good. You know, it, it's, it's fun. It's a good, fun family movie. It's, you know, it was quite it for the time. It was it was great because it was kind of a kids movie, but with the the added appeal for kind of grown ups of like the Johnny Depp and, and stuff like that. And you've got Kieran Knightley there in tight dresses, looking all pretty and shit, and Orlando Bloom for I don't know whoever likes Orlando Bloom. Cooks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, it, I, I I remember liking this when we watched it and hating Orlando Bloom in it. I still liked it when we rewatched it and hated Orlando Bloom in it. And he's just so fucking wet. Yeah, it, 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 it is. The thing is, I remember when I watched it, I liked Johnny Depp in it and I liked Jeffrey Rush in it and I didn't like Keira Knightley and Orlando Bloom. Tell you my Keira Knightley. Whereas now I, I know I was wrong, Keira Knightley, and she's a treasure. Um, she's not a treasure. She's I think a bit she of a might be, no. I, but I think that's kind of making her a treasure nowadays. To you. To me. Mm. Uh, uh, oh, I know Bloom. It still is. Oh fuck off. If you, well, he has fucked off. He's gone off. He's he's he's. He's impregnated. Put a baby into Katy Perry, yeah. and now that's just his life. So yeah. he has fucked off. Do you know what? Well done. Well done. Him. Yeah. Well done to him. Um, yeah, I, I, I struggled he a little can bit. Bounce with... on Katy Perry's big balloons and just live his best life. Yeah, I, I struggled a little bit with it this time. I still think it's good. I still think it's entertaining, but I've seen it, so I don't need to see it again. Okay. And I'm kind of at that stage with it a little bit, where I was I was getting quite bored during it. But I don't think it's the movie's fault. I think it's just that I've just seen it. It doesn't have as much rewatch. Yeah, it doesn't have as much rewatch for me. But often movies like this don't for me. 
Yeah, because you're a fucking miserable git. Yeah, uh, because I'm too busy laughing at Ryan Reynolds singing um, Boys to Men in a Fat Suit. Uh, Your taste is all skewy, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, we, w- we watched The Butterfly Effect. Yeah, we did. Because somebody's got to. Um, <laughs> I really enjoyed rewatching The Butterfly <laughs> Effect because somebody's got to. Um, yeah, I like this. It's it, it, it basically the word bleak as a movie. Yeah, the thing is, the butterfly effect is twisty, turny, timey, wimey shit for its time. Like now, it seems very simple. Yeah. But for the time, it was like, oh my god, that's such a complex story. It's so it's so clever. Like I don't know whether tastes have just got more sophisticated and stories more intelligent within these realm, the realm of these movies. I think you needed this to get to that. Yeah, you know, yeah. No, just, no I'm, butterfly effect. No fucking tenant. No. I mean, I don't think that's a direct line of continuance, but, you know, you have that. I'm going to take it. I do do that. Um, yeah. Um, go on. I think I've seen every Ashton Kutcher movie. Oh, God. Of course anyway. you are. Um, I I just kind of wish the alternate ending was well, the, the ending. The ending where the where, where, where he fucking strangles himself in the womb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was actually disappointed when that wasn't the ending of the version we watched. I actually can't remember what the ending was because in my brain the ending is just where he strangled himself in the womb. How did he end it? Uh. Oh, he just he's horrible to Kaylee. Yeah, and, and then they're not friends. They're not friends. It's just such an anti-climax. Yeah, you know, he's horrible to her. He basically says to her, if you come in one <laughs> area again, <laughs> he's going to kill her mother. <laughs> yeah, there is that. Um, <laughs> and then last one for us, uh, we watched The Intern. Mm. Didn't we? Mm-hmm. Noticed your, uh, your letterboxed rating on this, Mark. Oh, what did you give it, you fucking... Give it five. Fucking old man. I think I did. Or is it four and a yeah, half? Yeah, no, you gave it five. Give it five. I stand by that. I think it's fantastic. I found it mildly irritating this time, to be honest. And I, I, I mentioned to you as we were watching it, the fact that it makes out that the old... It, it felt ageist towards the younger people that were being portrayed. All these these shiftless people that don't have anything in their lives apart from their work, but they're lazy and they just wear jeans, but no, they work but, all the time, but, but, but they're I, lazy. I, but I think you're completely misreading it. Hmm. I, think, yeah, I think you're completely misreading it. I think it is a... I don't think it's criticising them because he's not criticising them. He's 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 he almost is revelling in it and he's in awe of, of how these new things are done. It just it, it irritated me at the start as it goes on and he builds the relationship with the other interns and he helps out Becky and and Hathaway stops being such a fucking insufferable bitch. It's the thing is I think one of the reasons why I I I, I like it so much is over the past. 15, 20 years, um, De Niro has been really heavily criticised for his output. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit like, right, for a start off, have you seen a lot of it? Or have you just decided that you don't like it? And secondly, it's a bit like there's points where actors of his age can't be right for doing wrong. Mm. And The Intern is a really fucking good movie. It is. It's fun. fun. Yeah. It's heartfelt. It's got. It doesn't try and hammer messages home too much, but it's. It also just doesn't focus on the one character. The, the, the problems feel quite real for the level of what Nancy Myers writes things for. 
Yeah. Um, you know, Nancy Mike always writes things for a certain level. Mm. You know, she's never going to write a fucking story about the projects or anything like that. It's always about middle class families. Mm. Um, but, I do love that he takes the, the, the one kid in and then the one kid starts wearing like shirts and ties. But then you've got that in the background just happening. And the, the, the mini heist to get the email yeah. deleted is also fun. But then, yeah, but then you've, you've got the kid. De Niro plays it perfectly. And De Niro, I think it's possibly, with the exception of the Irishman, his best performance of the past 10 years. Mm. Um, and Anne Hathaway is 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 charming enough in it. She becomes charming. She in becomes it. charming. Um, I don't think she's supposed to be charming at the start. Of it. Mm. No. Well, no, because I, I get the feeling that she's just supposed to be busy and preoccupied, whereas she plays it as a bitch. Yeah, possibly. But yeah, that was that. That was that was. I was. That's all we watched. That and the three fucking Vengeance movies and the three movies we watched for what I said. Which you can hear more of. We had a banner week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you guys have done okay. You know, really enjoyed I... the Vengeance movies, actually. Right, Ian, what have you been watching? Okay, so uh, following on from Pirates, I watched Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. Um, I like these films. I'm in the tank for them. What can I say? Um <laughs> I think Fabinski does some really fun stuff with uh, with Dead Man's Chest. It, it, it's expanding the world, but in a way that I think for the most part works. The CG is fucking incredible. Just for the fact that there's an awful lot of like daytime stuff done with um, Davy Jones and his crew as well. And it, considering that, that this stuff's like 15 years old, it holds up really, really well. Uh, so, yeah, I'm... I, really enjoyed dead man's chest it's um that there, there, there's some kind of stuff with like uh captain jack and kira knightley gonna like get together in some sort of dirty fling a little bit and that that's ill-advised yeah. uh but um there, there's not really that much of that in pirates in the first one whereas the second one and it's mainly going it's mainly captain jack thinking hang on a second have i actually got a shot here which is odd so yeah um we, we just don't say about the sorry it's called urinate you were just saying about the uh, cg mm. you know yeah, the mad thing is it was only three four years after the scorpion king <laughs> I mean that that's it though, isn't it? You know, you've got the Scorpion King at the end of the Mummy Returns that looks like a PlayStation character. Yes. Um, like literally looks like a PlayStation Two character. And then you've got this. I mean, it's wild. It, um, it, 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 we, we we've started watching the second one, haven't we? And it, yeah. it, it does look superb. Yeah, and I mean, I think I've, I, I think um, uh, Barbosa's crew in the first one looked good. But it's nighttime. You kind of almost got like a natural way of hiding shit. Mm. With Dead Man's Chest, so much of it is in the light, and it works. Like the detail in Davy Jones is incredible. I, yeah, I, I could see me actually barreling through all of these o- o- over the next little while now. So I'm um, quite looking forward to that world, world's end. So there you go. Um, also, uh, I don't think I talked about Rampage last week, did I? No, you. Yeah, no. Um, 
just what fancied like a big stupid blockbuster it's kind of what i've been doing on saturday nights recently so like i watched um dead man's chest on saturday the, the saturday previous i watched rampage again first watch since the cinema i really like rampage but i don't know it's got a big gorilla called george that likes to stick his finger up at people <laughs> are you guys saying of course i like it <laughs> yeah how could i not yeah, that's fair. It, it's basically scientifically impossible for me to not like Rampage, so I like Rampage. Uh, <laughs> you know, there you go. I don't think there's much more to say about it. It's one of those ones where, like, you know, for all the fucking work that The Rock does, and for as much as I think he needs to slow down, I'd watch another Rampage yeah yeah that, that's it you see i would but then again it's saying that i'd watch a skyscraper part two yeah fair enough fair enough yeah I, it, it, it's weird like for his franchise viagra as he once quoted himself as being he's made quite a lot of one-offs that haven't had sequels yeah and i mean i think we're getting a san andreas 2 as well at some point nice at some point, I suppose, do yeah, but I mean, like, well, you got Ram- Rampage was literally that was originally, I think, the slot, or, or, or it was that our skyscraper was originally the slot that was put aside for making San Andreas Part Two, but they hadn't written it, so they just did something else instead. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I, it, I, I, but yeah, I, I like Rampage. Um, last one because, like you guys said, like Vengeance trilogy, and obviously the stuff we'll be reviewing. Um, Donna and I watched Songbird last week, so this is the um, the uh, the the COVID one, um, filmed during the first lockdown, produced by uh Michael Bay, stars a guy from Riverdale, um, Craig Robinson, uh. Alexandra Daddario, Bradley Whitford, Demi Moore, fucking uh, a Paul Walterhauser. It's basically a stacked cast because they're all like, right, oh, oh. <laughs> I can film five minutes away from my house and I've got nothing else to do. Go on then. Um, so basically, COVID, I think it's 24, is here and it causes basically death within like a day if you get it and there's no cure at all um courier drivers are the uh, 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 are basically the lifeline between people these people who are immune and so they have these immunity bracelets and uh the guy from riverdale kj apper plays uh, uh a guy who's met someone online and he has conversations with her at her door and whatnot um but her i think i think it's her nan i'm unsure but i think it's her nan uh gets the 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 covid and uh he tries to get his girlfriend out of um out of the city but peter stormare is there i forgot about peter stormare and he is the head of the sanitation department and uh, he's going to oh, try and... I, I bet this uh, Peter Stormare says sanitation department is a fucking treat. There, there, is some, there is some stuff with his character which is great. And by the end of the film, there's some revelations that it's like, well, that makes all the sense in the world. Um, 
And then all through this, um, uh, Demi Moore and Bradley Whitford play a couple who specialize in get like ferrying people out of the city and faking these immunity bracelets. Bradley Whitford has engaged the services of a girl who went to L.A. thinking she was going to be a star. But now she goes on YouTube doing songs for people that it seems like everybody watches, including Paul Walter Hauser. But she also engages in regular COVID breaking sex shenanigans with Bradley Whitford. There's a bizarre bit where she's almost like lap dancing in, but she's got one of those face shields on. Um, very, very odd. And I felt very bad for Daddario by the end of this. But, you know, she went into the film with her eyes open, I'm sure. Um, so this has been met with and indeed for me with the trailer of why the fuck would anyone want to watch that? And then you probably watched it. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is, Donna watched the trailer and she was just like, yeah, I'll watch that. Like, it's weird. She, for as much as, much as there are certain miserable things that she, like anything involving like kids being in peril and whatnot, it, it's an instant no. Like, you know, kind of like me in a, in a way. Um, But I don't know. She's got, She's got a, a side of, now nah, I want to see some dystopian shit, you know. So um, we, we, we stuck it on. And the thing is, the COVID aspect of it, they talk about it a lot in like the first five, ten minutes or so. But then they drop it. And then you almost you almost forget it's COVID. It's just some other thing. Um, because they barely say COVID after. Um and it, it while it is similar it does it does also have that element of you know touch wood and all that but things would have to really 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 like the the virus would have to do some unspeakable shit to get to that position and so i was kind of able to disconnect from reality enough for it um and in the end, it's kind of messy, does feel like it was rushed. Um, but I didn't hate it. I, 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 I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. It's a very, very throwaway, straight to video-esque 90 minutes or so. But Craig Robinson, I'm fairly sure, didn't know he was in a film. Um, there is one scene where he was having a conversation with Riverdale boy where for no literally no reason whatsoever he's driving a golf cart around a warehouse where he's just got a load of alcohol in the back and there is no reason he has got the single best ringtone I have ever heard in my life in this film and I wish I had it and I think it's his ringtone. It probably is. Yeah. And every now and then, Peter Stormare just comes out of the woodwork and does Peter Stormare for a couple of minutes, then fucks off. There's pleasures to be had in this film in amongst 
Jesus Christ, Adario, bless you. What are you doing? And far too mawkish relationship between two hot young people who want to be together but can't. Three out of five. But you know what? I was expecting a one. <laughs> it's only like 90 minutes long in it as well. Yeah, sure. Sure. It's on Amazon Prime. Like, if you are so inclined, go for it. It's not nearly as, Jesus Christ, I didn't need to see that right now, Dan. I, I thought it was going to be. I'll say that. I will give it a go. Nice. Ooh, George, what's this drink with the skull and crossbones over it? Can we get one of those? It's called the buried treasure. No one's ever finished the whole thing. But if you get to the bottom, it's a real treasure. Sure you guys want to do this? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I love treasure. Yes. You finished that already? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just for the record, we never find the treasure. You found a little chest at the bottom with the syrupy liquid. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. We, we licked that. We licked up all the syrup. Let's go. Yeah. And you opened the scuba diver's mask and found the three pills? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I-, I took a pill. I, I had one. I had a pill. Oh, well, that's your treasure. So let's maybe briefly do Barb and Star just because um, Bex um, uh, hasn't watched it and it refused to watch it, I believe. Yeah. She said, go fuck yourself. I'm not watching that shit. I don't think I did. Um, that's what I had. I mean, I wouldn't have watched it. Now, of the two of us, you didn't watch it, so we're all on your line. <laughs> <coughs> so this is Barb and Star. Uh, go to Vista Del Mar, directed by Josh Greenbaum, who also directed the uh, 2017 George Lazenby-focused documentary Becoming Bond, which is bizarre. Yeah, I, I saw that. Um, yeah, um, that, he's done a lot, a lot of TV and kind of documentary stuff, and this appears to be his first feature film. Uh, so it's uh, Kristen Wiig and Annie Mamello, co-writers of Bridesmaids, with their first co-writing uh, uh, du- uh, duo credit um, since then. And it concerns Barb and Star, played by Annie Mamello and Kristen Wiig, respectively, I believe, um, who, after being let go from their job at uh, their town's department store, uh, decide to go on a trip to Vista Del Mar. And that is where... Ah, uh, fuck. Right. I'm going to say right now, if you were interested in Barb and Star visit, uh, it goes to Vista Del Mar. And have not seen the film, try and skip forward like 10, 15 minutes or so. Yeah. Because um, we all spoilers all the time. But if you don't want this spoiler, even is about to majorly spoil it for you. Yeah. Yeah. And it really tripped me up because I did not see it coming. And Donna literally said, have you put the right film on? <laughs> um, they visit, uh, go to Vista Del Mar. However, Kristen Wiig also plays Dr. Lady, 
um, an evil genius who is getting revenge on the residents of Vista Del Mar by enacting a plan with the help of Jamie Dornan to release a load of mosquitoes upon the denizens of Vista Del Mar for a slight when she was younger. Yep. That character is called Sharon Gordon Fisherman. (laughs) Who is? Sorry? The, the, The evil character. But they call her Dr. Lady. Yep, our official title is Sharon Gordon Fisherman. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. So, Barb and Star visit, uh, go to Vista Del Mar. Mark, I will say right now, I was stunned that you watched this. Because this doesn't feel like a Mark film at all. And... What about it did you think, no, I have to watch this? Um, to be honest, you seem to be really quite taken by it and said that it was charming. And I thought, do you know what? As a Monday afternoon watch, uh, late morning, early afternoon with my breakfast, um, watch, I, I, I could do with charming right now. Yeah. Charming will sit with me quite well right now. Uh, so I thought, do you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go. With the full intention of going, if I get half an hour into it and it's irritating me, I can turn it off. I'll be honest, I also thought it was only 92 minutes long. Um, and only found out about two-thirds of the way through it when I went, when I paused it to go and get a drink and went, hang on a fucking minute. <laughs> and realised it wasn't only 92 minutes long. <laughs> uh, I will state now... I think it'd be a better movie if it was 92 minutes long. Um, but yeah, that was that was the reasons why I decided to give it a go. Nice. And yeah, I I the runtime is probably the one complaint, the major complaint I have with this film, to be fair. It's, you know, pop star is what, like 85, 90 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Motherfuckers in and out. This... It it, 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 it it lingers around a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, it, it's almost like I wouldn't take out entire scenes, but it's like the opening titles. It's like that kid singing along to that song seems to go on for a bit. Yeah. And I, mean, I, like, take, I, I, I could even take like, that, that, that kid's entire character. <laughs> see, I quite I quite enjoyed him. Yeah, what a fun. Yeah, I, yeah, that, yeah, okay. I mean, I could see that though. It, it's just, it's one of the great surprising drunk watches I've had in a while. Yep. What I will say is, um, Jamie Dornan is having a fucking blast with this movie, and it seems like, like. He decided to have a blast with it uh, about halfway through. Uh, well, actually, not really halfway, but about about a third of the way through, because he just decides to drop any accent he's trying to put on and just speaks in his normal voice. Yeah. The last two thirds of it, whereas the first third of it, he's not. He's kind of putting on a, a bit of an accent. Um, but then his musical number is glorious. <laughs> with the uh, Mr. Seagull on a tire. <laughs> Can you <Yeah>. hear me? <laughs> um, and just it, just getting Jamie Dornan to just frolic around 
and then rip his shirt off is just brilliant. It's it's an oddity that kind of it it works. And I think you you said if you get if you get ten minutes into it and you're not having fun, turn it off. There's no point because you're not gonna have fun later on. Uh, as, as soon as you get to Doctor Lady, it's if you're not into that, just switch it off. But there's some there's some great like little throwaway jokes in it. Like the the reason why the store's closing is because the company actually went out of business seven months ago and just no one bothered to tell them. Yeah. It's just like you're laughing at it going, fucking hell, you know, that 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 that's crazy. But it's based on that has actually happened to some stores in the US. Fucking hell. Um but yeah, it's it, 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 charming is the best word for it. It is charming. It is funny. It is stupid. The um, the bit where they where they essentially get pushed off the edge of a cliff and you're going, right, how is this going to save it? And then you go, oh, it's the fucking coolers. Fair enough. All right, go on then. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's just fun. And it's, it's hearts in the right place. And I think you kind of need that at the moment. Yeah, yeah, no, that's exactly it. Sorry, a little bit distracted. Um, Donna's Donna went to pick up lots an hour and a half ago and hasn't come back yet. And I've just heard from her; she's fine. So, uh, yeah, okay, sorry. Uh, just kind of weirded me out for a, for a second, but she's uh, she's gone she's gone to the shops. Um, okay, yeah, it's. It's one of those films where it feels like if it had come out in the cinema, it would have made 50 quid. And it it's like the kind of like the word on it on Twitter. It, it I I feel like it's got the it, it maybe has broken through a bit more than if it was it, than if it was just like one of five films that was released in the cinema this weekend. Yeah. Um. And it doesn't feel like a film that would come out in the cinema now. No, I mean, it was originally supposed to come out yes. last year, and then it was pushed back to the middle of this year. And then all of a sudden, uh, Lionsgate just went, ah, fuck it, just put it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, I, I, you know, I, I, I can see the logic there. You know, um, I think asking thirteen ninety nine to rent it because it was a... Re- and like the only kind of like reason for that being, well, it was supposed to be coming out in the cinema, so now you can pay, is a little bit really though. Um, but thankfully, the film itself is fun, and I mean it, it's interesting because I've seen a couple of people on of, of film Twitter saying, well, it's not funny. I don't see why why people are, are saying it's the 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 great thing of comedy i just i just don't see it and i i just a bit with a kind of almost like a bit of a venom to it and it's a bit i don't find everything funny either but i think it's also understanding that comedy is hey subjective. comedy is is subject comedy is like one one of the genres where it is literally I mean, it's impossible. I think it's impossible to be objective, like to have somebody be truly objective anyway. But comedy 
it, 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 people are wired differently. That yeah. that's that. I mean, that's all there is to it. And I don't think this film works a hundred percent of the time. I like it is it is too long. I think there are things that don't land. I think maybe people saying that it's going to be looked uh, looked back on in the way that um people see Hot Rod and whatnot. I don't know, maybe, but that that's also people who like Hot Rod saying that. I, I I'm just I'm I'm a bit. I think it's very 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 funny. I had a really 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 good time with it. I could see people not having a good time with it 100%, but I also think those people maybe just need to understand it didn't work for you, but hey, you know what? Something else will work for you and not that other person. It's all good. Yeah, that that's it. It's it's one of those where it's comedy is one of those things where if 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 you don't find it funny, that doesn't mean it's not funny. Yeah. Um, it just means you don't find it funny. Um, unless it stars Amy Schumer, in that case, it's just not funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. I, I find it a bit odd to take against, against this movie, in the sense that it's not doing anything offensive. The comedy isn't offensive, it isn't rash, it isn't anything like that. It's just very sort of throwaway. Um, and I kind of, I, I like that about it, in the sense that it, it, it's... It's a comedy film about friendship that is just a bit mad. It was the it was the sort of stuff that was got a lot of traction in the mid noughties. Um, you know, anything pro sort of Zoolander up until sort of Anchorman Two in that period of comedy. Mm. You know, where mm. you know the Judd Apatow and the uh, Will Ferrell stuff was exploding. Um, and you know you got a lot of this this feels like something that was kind of bubbled around there but has been released in 2021 uh so it, it doesn't it doesn't there are so many jokes thrown out there that do all of them work no but when it does work is it is it absolutely belly laugh no but is it a nice chuckle on yeah it kind of is yep. uh, and it's simple Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It is. It, it 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 just it's um it wants to make you laugh. It makes you laugh. It's done. Yeah, I had a good good time with it. Um, I mean, I am definitely not shit with it. Yeah, definitely not shit. Good time. If you are so inclined, you will. You, you, you know, you will have a good time. Yeah. Our audience poll is definitely not shit. Sixty four percent. Touching cloth thirty six percent. And I forgot to put shit in there for all. <laughs> yeah, but Andrew Jones wants everyone to know that it's shit. Because Andrew doesn't like movies. <laughs> Did you do that because because you were like, no, nobody gets the option to say this is shit, miserable gits? <laughs> no, I, I I just I didn't realise that I hadn't put it on uh, because I put the poll out when my eyes aren't working properly. I wasn't wearing my glasses at the time. <laughs> I couldn't see. What time in the morning did you do it? Wasn't even that far in the morning. I'd just taken my glasses off because I just washed my face. I was just gonna say you're not you're not the brightest in the morning, are you? No, I'm not. I can't see shit in the morning, no. can I? No. Like you'll you, you'll show me something and go, oh look at this mark. I'm like, that's cool. It's before eleven, Becky. <laughs> do you say it like that? That's cool. It's before eleven, Becky. Literally, yeah. Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> 
solid. Right. Have you been listening to a word I've been saying? Look at all these naughty birthday boys and birthday girls. I think it's time for them to go nighty night. It's your birthday and we want you to have fun. It's your birthday. So much Says it's dinner time. Six little chickens are be just fine. Six little chickens in the weasel's den. Four little roosters and a couple of hens. Nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. Six little chickens at the end of the line. Six little chickens. Watch out now. Six little chickens. Here comes the weasel. Six little chickens running out of time. Whoops. time for a a, 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 a very special film uh, which is called Willy's Wonderland Willy's Wonderland is directed by Kevin Lewis and stars Nicolas Cage, Beth Grant Emily Toster, Rick Wrights Chris Warner and others and a bunch of other generic skin jobs. Yep. I'm just going to read the IMD synopsis, uh, IMDb synopsis on this one. A quiet drifter is tricked into a janitorial job at the now condemned Willy's... Well, it says Wally's Wonderland on IMDb. Well done, IMDb. <laughs> Willy's Wonderland. The mund- mundane tasks suddenly become an all-out fight for survival against wave after wave of demonic animatronics. Fists fly, kicks land, titans clash... And only one side will make it out alive. Uh, yeah, it's quite a dramatic way of describing it. Um, so, Bex. Nicolas Cage, as, as you know, I think we were discussing a couple of weeks back, is an actor who seems to do what he wants. Yeah. With Willy's Wonderland... What do you think most attracted him to it? And why is it the fact that he has no dialogue? I was going to say, possibly the fact that he didn't have to learn any any script was, was probably up there. I don't, I, he, he just seems to do things where he gets to wander around looking kind of cool and badass. And well, being kind of cool and badass, to be fair. Um it's it's fun it's um it's kind of it's that weird kind of shit that he seems to be gravitating towards now um yeah yeah i think but i think the no script thing was probably up there i think it's there's no script and he goes can i keep one of these t-shirts and the pinball machine uh maybe it was the fact that he got to drink punch all the way yeah you, you can keep those Brilliant. I want a Willy's Wonderland t-shirt. I, I will guarantee you you can get them. Let's have a look. Let's see if they're on Etsy yet. My, my go-to place for weird stuff. Um, yeah, I think that was probably it. It's a... Yes, you can get them. Yeah, you can. 
it's it's a fucking I don't know what to make of it. It's I from it's either he just thought the material was a laugh or he lost a bet. I can't decide which one it is. I mean, that suggests that you don't think it's very good. It's not that I don't think. I I, I think calling it very good is maybe a stretch. <laughs> um, honestly, I don't know what to make of it. The first thing that came to mind for me was hobo with a shotgun. Yes. Yeah, it's got yeah. Ian. It's got that kind of energy. Just check your messages, check Ian. Your messages. <laughs> What? What's this? <laughs> Johnny Depp painting and drawing in digital. <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck's that? Why does that cost thirty pounds? I don't know why is it why is it absolutely not of Johnny Depp? What is it? Hang on. <laughs> Somebody is selling a awful, awful picture of apparently Johnny Depp on Etsy for 30 quid and has had 10 set. Somebody has made 300 pound doing that. Oh, I'm looking at I'm looking at more of this guy's stuff. There's a there's one just called sexy model painting. I mean, sexy model painting is very good. Oh, so, hang on. No, this seller has had 10 sales total. Oh, and I'm surprised at that. Oh, God, look at the Toy Story There's form. another Joy Depp one. There's another Joy Depp one. Who does he think Joy Depp is? <gasps> Mark, have you come to the Leonardo DiCaprio one yet? I, don't, I was going to say the Leonardo DiCaprio one has got one of the greatest foreheads I've ever seen. <laughs> it looks like Tom Berenger that does the hand of the Caprio. Yeah, it does. Um, oh, right. Um, <laughs> anyway. I'm sorry to interrupt, but it just I've, I've, I, Yeah, I've lost. I, so, uh, yeah, the hobo with a shotgun, where it's like. <laughs> Low-budget filmmaker somehow gets name to be in their goofy thing. I'll be honest. I feel like if this was made when Hobo with a Shotgun came out, I would have liked it a lot more because I think I maybe had more patience for th this stuff then. I, I had fun with it, but I think the problem is there's only so many ways you could have Johnny Depp fight an animatronic animal. Uh, Johnny Depp. I mean, I'd pay to see that. Nicolas Cage fight an animatronic animal. And then all the accoutrement around it, like the cast of kids are basically there to die. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they don't have all that much time on screen before they die. 
And then the lead one goes off with Nicolas Cage into the sunset. And it's like, are they going to bang? <laughs> yeah. I think that's literally the exact words I said to you. At the end, wasn't it? It was like, where they got bang? One of the characters is called Tex McAdoo. He's amazing. Yeah, he's the owner of what Willie's World. I don't know he's called Tex McAdoo. He right. literally explains his name in it. I missed that bit. This feels to me like this might be one of Becky's films of the year. I fucking loved it. Okay. I absolutely adored it. I, I had a good time with it. I thought it was fun. It, it knew how to get its shit done. I do love the fact that Cage says nothing. That is glorious. I love the way that he plays the role as well as just completely unsurprised by anything that's going on. <laughs> the, the first the first animatronic, animatronic thingy comes to life and tries to kill him. He doesn't act shocked. There's no like... <gasps> no, he, he just kills it. He just it fucking kills and it. And then bags it up. And then what is it? Oh, and I love it when he keeps putting the bags. <laughs> Next to the door because he can't get outside. Yeah. And then when he can't get outside, he just takes and puts them in the bin. Mm-hmm. And then goes back inside to continue cleaning it. Yeah. I mean, he's done a nice job. He's done a good job cleaning it. Yeah, he has. Did a great job in the end, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. The, 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 the sequence of him cleaning the bathroom is great. <laughs> Because you watch the bathroom, you're like, oh, you're not cleaning that, bud. And then you just start speaking, like, well, you are, fair enough. Yeah. And That's the- it. He's, he's, he's not there because he's heard about the reputation of this place and he's gone to kill the animatronic. He's genuinely there to clean that fucking bathroom because he wants his car back. And he's going to do the best damn job of cleaning that, and the that place. The text magazine basically says to him, oh, and make sure you take breaks. So he literally does. Yeah. He has a watch set to go off as he's energy drink, plays a bit of pinball, and then it goes back up after his break and he puts yeah. back off. That fuck it to be I mean that moment where that girl's about to fight the one animatronic and then he's there as well and then his watch beeps and he just fucks off. <laughs> like I mean that was great. Uh yeah, I I I don't I think I don't think I had as good times with you did but I think you that it, it very much is in your wheelhouse, that isn't it? It is, yeah. Whereas I had a, I had a, I, I had a better time with it than I was expecting. Um because I think it is just outright fun. I don't think that's trying to have any kind of message. Whereas I think things like Mandy as such are trying to be a little bit different. Mandy's be a little bit great. Quirk, you need it a lot. Uh, be, have a little bit more depth to them. Whereas this it literally is just a silent Nicolas Cage fights some weird fucking animatronic possessed animals. There is, there's a review on IMDb. A 10 out of 10 review for this movie that I think sums it up. Well. The movie has no intentions of being anything but what it is. Nick Cage fighting robots for an hour and a half, and it's awesome. That's it. That's the whole review. Yep. I, I just like there's only so many ways that Nicolas Cage can beat up an animatronic robot. But they're always fun to watch, even when it's repeated. It's fun to watch. I, I just I. Head. Sorry. He pulls out one of their spleens. Yeah. 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 I I I don't know. I mean, like, I just I, I I wish more of them were set up in the way that like the gorilla in the fucking toilet was. Like, or I didn't dream that, did I? What? The gorilla in the toilet. That was something that happened. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. Um. <laughs> no, I mean, I just like the way that there's like a kind of like a a weird kind of dread to it, and then it, you know, and it, it it's it's kind of. It, played a bit more horror the rest of them is just like they move 
they say something in that that you wouldn't expect an animatronic thing to say and then it attacks i like the way the gorilla one it actually had a bit of setup to it you know i and i mean like i say i mean like the cast of kids i understand why they're there it was a little bit like okay you introduce them then you literally just kill them off it's like bare minimum stuff they're literally there for 20 minutes and of those 20 minutes they all die yeah yeah uh, I mean that, that that that's exactly it, and um, yeah. Also, I will just say as well, I felt bad for the girl who had to have the sex scene with that guy because that guy just looked older than her and a bit scuzzy. <laughs> maybe she likes older scuzzy guys. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I just, yeah, it, it was um, yeah wasn't into that and that scene that sex scene went on for a while as well or maybe i don't know is that a sex i don't know mark was that a sex scene that went on for a while or am i just sheltered it went on for a while okay that's good to know i'm glad you guys got more out of it than i did i don't think it's a bad film I also I also think that it is a film that literally is what it says on the tin and doesn't really try to do anything with that. I didn't necessarily expect it to do or want it to do more than that. I just wanted it to do to try and be the best version of that that it could be. And I'm not sure it was for me. And yet, I'd still say definitely not shit. Yeah, because I think what the film's trying to do, it it does very well. I'm definitely not shit. Yeah. You're definitely not shit. Our audience poll, definitely not shit, 58%. Touching cough, 8%. Shit, 8%. And Geostorm, 26%. I can understand a Geostorm. I can understand a Geostorm with that one, yeah. Yep. Like, I'm a a 3 slash 3.5 out of 5 on it, you know. Um... I'm looking forward to the Sion Sono one that he's in very, very much. Yes. Have yeah. you heard the plot of that? I, I, yeah. He's got to rescue, like, a president's daughter while he's got something strapped to his dick where if he doesn't do it in a certain amount of time, they'll explode his dick. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you kind of hope he's silent in that one as well. I, I, the thing is, after Willy's Wonderland, I don't think I want him to be silent. <laughs> like that, that, that pinball dancing scene felt like he was dancing to a completely different tune. <laughs> I, and I think I, he dances to the beat of his own drum. To be fair, yeah. This, this, this is it. But I imagine Nick, Nick, like he was just doing the pinball thing, and he just said to the director. Do you want me to cage this up and do a dance for you? And the director's like, fuck, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally just reckon they just went, look, Nick, this is your actual break room and this is your actual break pinball machine. Oh, and that's what he That was just him. Just candid. Yeah. Mm. I want to believe that now. I think you should. And also, his hair plugs, good. Yeah, his hair looks good in it. There's a shot very early on, though. 
where he's looking down at the road at that fucking truck coming towards him where you can literally see them. Oh, who cares? Leave him alone. Just living his best Nick Cage life. I like that he's not... Like, there was a period there where he did stuff that you kind of felt, well, for, for reasons, was not things that he was choosing to do. No, but he, and, his argument to that was, was A, my financial problems were never as bad as reported in the same <laughs> way as I was never as rich as reported. Mm. And B, no, a lot of the ones you think that I did for that reason, <laughs> I did because I wanted to do. I don't know, it just, it just feels like he's having fun with it now. He's, he's just having fun with being Nick Cage and there's not really any expectations on him. No one no one goes, oh, there's a new K- Nick Cage movie out. That's going to be a masterpiece. Do they? No. So he can just do what he thinks sounds fun. You know, Jiu-Jitsu was there. There's a movie from 2019 where Frank's caught wildlife in the Brazilian jungle, including a 400-pound white jaguar. He ships it out on the same ship as an arrested assassin. The assassin breaks free and frees the animals. That, that <laughs> sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah, that, that one's all Scott. Fam Janssen, isn't it? Yeah. That's a great synopsis. Isn't it? Like, I would just watch all of these films. I'm looking over his recent output and thinking, why the fuck have I not seen all of these? I, I think Nick Cage is the one actor who has worked with more stunt choreographers who are directing their first movie than any actor in history. <laughs> oh, people just need to just fucking accept that this is what he is now. I'm, I'm fine with that. He'll always have a pass from me because he's in the National Treasure movies. I mean, to be fair, they inspired the insurrectionists, though. Like, those films are going to be cancelled in the years to come. <laughs> I don't think they would try to steal the... Declaration the, of Independence. The, yeah, they were. They were. Not so Hong that Sean Bean couldn't get it, though, to find treasure. No, it was so Trump could stay in power forever. I'd rather Sean Bean had the treasure. Exactly, that's what I mean. I do, I do think it's amusing that, that, that a lot of people went... I mean, now it's made national treasure. It makes it look like it was fucking easy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, theory mate. Right. Definitely not shit. Good stuff. Twitter questions. Uh, we just have just the one, I believe. Ricky right. boy. Yeah. I don't know. Rick kid at Rick J kid. Um, you've been kidnapped. Ooh. Which movie characters do you pick to attempt to rescue you whilst giving you the best chance of surviving unharmed? No comic books slash superheroes ah, allowed. Damn it. So, yeah, I would say kind of maximum of three. Mm, no comic book characters or superheroes. No. Okay, so John McClane. Yep. McCready from The Thing. <laughs> and Samuel L. Jackson from The Negotiator. Next. Hmm. I, know, I think I might just go for the Mission Impossible crew. Oh, I think you've kind of found a grey area there, haven't you? No, well done. No, well played. He's not a superhero. He's just no, a I, man I, who has a very specific set of skills. Um, Definitely wouldn't ask him to do it. No, about halfway through, he'd just complain that he had anything to eat in a while and you'd have low blood sugar, so you'd <laughs> have to give him a bit of a chocolate bar randomly. What? Taken three. Oh, I see that. I'm pregnant. Well, I haven't eaten in a while, and I've really low blood sugar. Oh, here, have a chocolate bar. 
Is that a thing? I it's basically, it. yeah. That's that's not far off what happens. Wow. Okay. Um, right. I'll have Benji, Luther, and Ethan Hunt. I'm I'm either having I'm having either these are these guys are teaming together. Oh, okay. I've, I've got maybe all of them coming at different times okay. uh, to try and rescue me. But then they might cross paths and kill each other. So oh. I have to wait and see where it goes. John Rambo. John Rambo, yeah. Of course, but I want it to be known. I, I want him to think I'm a girl because I think he'd be or or a vet. I'd be more, more likely. Motivated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be more motivated. Mm-hmm. Uh, Snake Plissken. Okay. Yeah, don't I care how you fucking motivated, but find a way. I mean, just trap him and give him like an injection that'll kill him if he doesn't do it. If you have to do that, then I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Tommy Lee Jones from US Marshals, not a fugitive. Same character, but with the US Marshals one. Ooh, what about Jack Burton? He does well with rescuing kidnapped girls. Why am I a girl all of a sudden? <laughs> well, you said you were going to pretend to be a girl to get rescued. Girls are more likely to get rescued. They are. Yeah, no one's rescuing me. <laughs> so who are rescuing? Rescue this guy. <laughs> Could we just leave him? <laughs> oh, I'd rescue you. I'm not a fictional character, though. I reckon they just leave me. You haven't got jade eyes either, so... No. So, so why are you rescuing him? What, 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 what good has he done? Just a lot. Is he a really nice guy? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not. He's not, he's, he's not, you know, like when people like go on like murdering sprees, they would go, Oh, he was such a nice guy. What is it? People would go, We expected it at some point. <laughs> We're actually surprised it took this long. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, like, something tragic happened to him or anything like that, and they go, Oh, it's horrible. He was such a nice person. Try to have it away. He's been a prick, to be fair. <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably his fault. Yeah. Oh, lovely. No, it was, it was just a random killing. It probably won. Probably calls him a dickhead at some point. <laughs> <laughs> have you checked does that guy listen to his podcast I bet he called him a prick probably yeah, yeah I'm sticking on the Mission Impossible guy yeah, yeah. with a possible assist from Jack Burton I think yours you're, you're maybe getting rescued I think Ian might be getting rescued and I don't think my guys have the motivation to rescue me well Snake Plissken if, if we inject something in him then he'd have to yeah he would and how he didn't stand a little help him. I mean, he goes after that one guy in, in that one where it's the president. Yeah, he gets injected with something. Yeah, no, but that's what I'm saying. Like, he, he that, that's his motivation. It's not that it's a pretty girl. You don't we should get a new Escape From movie, shouldn't we? Yeah, we should, yeah. yeah. <laughs> escape from the retirement home. I still reckon fucking... You can still kick some ass. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're right, you could. Yeah. I reckon... I reckon... I mean, that... that... I do think a, a Christmas Chronicles 3 and Escape From... Earth Chronicles, you know, crossover. That's what we need. Defo, yeah. Yeah. That poster's inspirational. That one poster of him in Christmas Chronicles with the eye patch on. It's like, fuck yes. <laughs> yeah. I would watch that. Yeah. That was it. That was our question. Cool. Okay. So, uh, coming up next week, are we doing Monster Hunter? Yes, we're doing Monster Hunter. Oh, fucking A. <laughs> uh, I'm so excited. Um, we'll also, uh, I think, do. Uh, oh, uh, Mark, get your dick out. Rosamund Pike's being mean to some Is old that this people. Weekend? Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime on Friday. Well, you fired proper, did you? You, you nearly slapped me in the face. Because you were fucking, you were being all reticent about your firing. <laughs> right. 
so uh yeah we'll be doing uh i care a lot and monster hunter fuck yes what a double bill that is jesus yes um right brilliant uh thank you very much for listening folks um we did all the preamble at the start of the show so um have a good one stay safe and uh, we'll speak to you next week bye-bye bye-bye bye love respect and appreciation to the black society to the black panther party to god rock let's go Chicago, Illinois, a young panther was born, he became a man when he was just a little boy, excellent athlete, he excelled in the classroom too, how supreme actions speak, that's when his passions grew, racial injustices, poverty, slavery, he went to college, studied law, then joined the NAACP, a lot of bad things happened, people need to have answers, why should he keep asking? So he joined the Black Panthers, have a mission, know the system, then fight, try to get order, fight capitalism, and socialism, fight fire with water, the right cause, a good plan, that requires understanding, the life cause, a good man, the Black Messiah Fred Hampton. A lot of nerves. The man had a lot of smarts. The man with the million dollar words. Led by example. Righteous people want to follow. Take a special kind of mantle. Unite the gangs in Chicago. Made a march in peace. Become allies, soldiers. Supervise the police. They brutalize and control us. He wanted to miss a lot of tricks. Told him what he knew about law. Informed him about politics. Told him what he knew about war. All races, one vision. American activist began the Rainbow Coalition. Everybody thought Jackson did. Genocide, a global bliss. Poetry like a vocalist. FBI's most wanted list. Revolutionary socialist. still exists. This record is dedicated to the chairman, Fred Hampton. May you rest in everlasting peace. And to his family, his queen, Akua and Jerry, and his son, the chairman, Fred Hampton Jr. Peace, love, and respect.
never stop the struggle. From 1966 to 2021, Black Panthers here. They still here. I guess Red Hammond is right. You can kill a revolutionary, but you can't kill a revolutionary. podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com.